Welcome to episode number 45 of Taking You to the Top. Fifi is founded on the belief that private company investing will continue to have exponential growth, and in order for investors to stay competitive, they need to have better decision-making tools. Designed to be the product of choice for analysis of portfolio, deal flow, diligence, group collaboration, workflows, and expedient investing. The software works for scouts, angels, funds, family offices and PE firms. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. Also, if you'd like to get more data on any of our guests, please download the Taking You to the Top app from our website. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? All right, Theron, welcome to episode number 45 of Taking You to the Top. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So if you wouldn't mind to get us started, if you could introduce yourself and maybe take us back from the beginning, you know, where you're from, where your journey started, and how that journey led you to founding your company. Sure. Yeah, happy to uh, answer. So I, I started building product about 15 years ago in a place called Bellingham, Washington. And my uh, co-founders and I were building software for, we were a consultancy. Um, and so we were building software when it was very difficult to build. And uh, we were building um, mostly CRM systems. Uh, we found that there was an opportunity to build things for ourselves. And why were we doing this um, for other people? And so we built our uh, own product, which ended up being a recommendation engine. And this is back in the early 2000s. We took that and applied to Techstars, if you're familiar with Techstars. And in 2007, we were the first graduating class of Techstars. And that was really a big catalyst for myself and my team to continue moving forward in the technology space. Sure. From, uh, from that point, I just kept uh, building product and working with different founding teams. I went mm -hmm. into, I really got an understanding of the uh, investment um, side of things as well as the founder side of things. Um, had a lot of frustrations with that whole process. Went on to build a lot of enterprise software. Um, worked for a company called Pivotal Software, which uh, mm -hmm. just sold to VMware not long ago. Yep. And uh, through that, um, you know, our clients were, were the, say, the General Motors and the Visas of the world. And, and it was uh, very interesting how companies were handling digital transformation. Sure. I've, uh, I, found a, I found a bit of a, a niche or maybe just evolved my passions for startups into the B2B SaaS space. And I mm -hmm. thought building predictive revenue models um, finding solutions for enterprises and legacy companies which which needed um, solutions weren't finding them and then I because I was in the Bay Area I was constantly exposed 
to enterprise SaaS companies that that wanted intros to enterprises and were building phenomenal tools, um, but couldn't quite get in the door. So uh, really focused my energy in that space, became a, uh, a member of a fund called Accelerprise, uh, where I'm currently an LP in that okay. fund. And, and there was a, that's where kind of uh, the crux of this matter evolved. We were, taking in a lot of deal flow to have to make decisions on a, on a select few companies and pull them into our process. And by the end of the program, so it was an accelerator and a fund, um, at, by the end of the program, we were offering, you know, the network and the experience as well as we wanted to track the company over time. Sure. And that just, that kind of solidified what I ended up building um, several years later. So just post, Excel apprised, I uh, moved on to Silicon Valley Bank, where I was a managing director of the early stage ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And that again was in the San Francisco and LA markets, which was about, which was over 60% of our global um, marketplace. Um, when you think about most companies end up either founding in the Bay Area or moving there after they find um, funding or success. Right. And uh, that's, uh, that's kind of the story what brought me up to my product, Fifi, uh, which is uh, addressing the problems that we had as investors and managing the private market investments um, with an ability to track performance and eliminate a lot of the manual processes that we were um, accomplishing, trying to do on our own. Okay, so and who, who are the key clients? Are they the like, other financial institutions that require the same solution so our target market is everything from a zero to hundred million dollar fund okay. uh, why i say zero is we offer a free tier to yeah, angel investors yeah. okay uh, and one of my biggest problems and and in our fund especially we have a lot of angel investors and angel investing is growing exponentially where people want to invest outside private markets um, I'm sorry, outside of public markets and into the private sector. Sure. And there was no real tools or services for these types of investors. And if there was, um, the price was way too high. Right. So I, uh, I built part of my product to the, the model is uh, the land and expand model where we have a free tier, which offers you all kinds of charts and graphs and great access points. And then as you expand and grow, you're able to purchase services to help facilitate that. Okay, got it. Um, so actually, how many tiers are there? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I saw maybe there's four, including the free, free tier. Yeah, so there's our free tier. There's what we call Angel Pro. Uh -huh. There's um, Portfolio Insider Package. And then okay. there's our custom um, package as well. And custom, I guess, would be like enterprise level. Yeah, I mean, you could make that. Um, it's it's that type of package. So this is more for um, PE firms, for okay. family offices, uh, institutions. Let's say banks, things like that. Need a little bit more um, white glove service um, to make sure their portfolios are set up and, and reconciled and all that. Sure. And um, what does company team size look like today? For the Fifi team? Yeah. We're about 10 people. Okay. And 
how are how are they broken up? The majority are engineers, and mm -hmm. I have a, a marketing communication person, and then I have a part-time customer service person. Okay, got it. Okay, um, if you don't mind, if we could just, you know, sort of go into the economics of when you were first setting up the company. Was the company bootstrapped, or did you have to raise to get all yes. of the, you know? Sure. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting there. Okay. Uh, yeah. We. Uh, so what I did is I I started with my idea, and this is kind of the the back of the napkin type of idea. And I I said, you know, I think there's a problem here, and let me reach out to my community. So I started calling on uh, colleagues, people that I knew were investors, and trying to see what their problems were, if they were what they were using um, for with regard to software tools, where they were finding successes, where the the holes were and the gaps were in the problem. Right. And once I uh, interviewed uh, quite a few investors, everything from angel investors to more established institutional investors, <laughs> I honed in on several different product areas that I thought would be a viable um, first kind of minimum viable product, MVP, to go after. Right. From that, I reached out to some close friends of mine whom I, uh, I thought might be interested, and I asked them if they would like to invest. So I took on some small friends and family uh, investment okay. in the beginning, and then from that point on, I bootstrapped, and I've been bootstrapping the rest. Fantastic. So um, if you don't mind, could you tell us the initial funds that came through where, where did you start to spend it on? I mean, what was the key area that you had to put that money into? Was it the, the engineering side? Yeah, so the key area, step number one was, was validating my assumptions. So there's, I, there's all kinds of services out there. I, I used a, a, a service called uh, Fiverr and I uh -huh. hired a engineer to and I, I, wire, I basically wireframed or did some models of what I thought needed to be built and then I hired this engineer to build a couple of the and they were a front-end engineer just to build a couple of the the pages that I needed to display what was interesting enough to to further the conversation okay. and I used that as my catalyst um, to communicate the message and the story from that point I hired a engineer to build the initial, I guess, first tabs, you know, we, the first things that were actually a working part of the product and continually testing my assumptions and then sending them back out to that same base of users that I was asking the original questions to. Sure. And was this same. on Fiverr as well? The second engineer? No, no, I, um, I used a, a different team for that uh, consultancy to do that sure. work. Um, and I, I deem those as the most important things. Once we, we got our validation that we needed, then I went on to, to hire more of a team. I actually switched on to a different uh, set of uh, team members and we started building product um, continually, of course, sending out these, you know, is this the right thing to build? Am I solving your problem? And constantly iterating. So we, we, there's several methods that we use. One of them is really surly and often. 
So we just push out code um, consistently and test it in our market. Mm -hmm. And then we use uh, lean and agile development processes. So we're, we're constantly um, using our, you know, our skill set to build the, uh, the best thing for our customers. Absolutely. And um, could you possibly give us a range of how much was spent in the beginning? I mean, including like the wireframe and validation. I'm just curious yeah. because, you know, some people are worried that they need to raise from day one where they might not have to. No, you can actually do a lot of this without any capital. Um, the investment in Fiverr is nominal um, and right. for multiple iterations. I, you know, some you do... Uh, the, there's some ranges, you know, if it, if you get too cheap, um, then you're going to have to go through several iterations to get it just right. Um, yeah. and you can kind of scale up from there. So you want to find a, a kind of a middle ground. Mm -hmm. Um, those things are, are fairly, um, cheap and the turnaround is pretty quick. And then the concept of no code, um, just, you need yeah. to fully adopt it, you know, find ways to do stuff in the, and I think it was uh, Eric Reese would say the the Wizard of Oz, you know. I'm, right. I'm not sure if he he coined that in his book or not, but but where you're you can make the activity happen, and it might be manual, but at least you get the the idea is to get the point across on how it might function. So there's a lot of tools out there right now that can help with that, um, sure. and that's what I really leveraged um, before spending money um, to build things. Absolutely. And uh, what does ARR? look like or is is this still pre-revenue yeah we're still uh, pre-revenue we just soft launched the company recently uh, so we're kind of in that post product um, I mean I guess it's never post product but <laughs> we've <laughs> we've released our, our, our first um, couple iterations and done a uh, have done a soft launch and so we're still um, have yet to convert into our SaaS model Okay, got it. Um, so this next section is just to understand about one of the key questions that I keep getting, which is how do you get your first customers? Um, so how did you get yours? I mean, right at the beginning. Sure. Uh, a lot of it, you know, I continually going back to the people that initially showed interest. Those people that I initially asked um, for their help. I would stay in constant communication with them. I'd continue to ask them questions and say, hey, is this what you were talking about? Or I built this small feature, does this solve your problem? Those are the same people that will be your first customers. But were those people from your network or did you cold outreach to find them? It's a combination. Um, I would say maybe 50-50. Um, the, with regard to cold outreach, I would find one of those colleagues that would be happy to pass my message on to their contacts. Okay. We built a very compelling and, and very solid email okay. to them that was forwardable. I would do my research on each individual person and okay. make a, some sort of relatable statement. And then they would forward that on for me. And that's how I acquired a lot of my first customers. I mean, do, do you remember what that outreach looked like, that email? Uh, yes, I do remember <laughs> what it looked like. <laughs> um, it, you know, it was something to the effect, um, I'm launching this, this first-of-a-kind product to solve 
this problem, this problem, this problem. And uh, I remember mentioning, you know, something like um, this is a, a, an issue I faced myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I basically decided to pursue um, fixing the problem. Um, and I'd like to set up a, a short you know, 10 minute call um, to see if you could help me answer some questions. Okay, so you weren't putting them on some sort of uh, email list that you would just blast. It was very customized and you'd follow up personally one by one. Uh, initially, yes. And there, you, I still, um, I'm doing kind of a mix of, of the highly customized mail merge right now. Okay. Where I'm still, uh, now the, the amount of people, so I send out two monthly emails. One is to investors and one is to my prospects. Uh -huh. They are also customized. So they are all dropped into my inbox as drafts and I fill in um, a snippet of information that's important um, to create that and continue fueling that connection. And then the rest is a bit boilerplate. Um, a lot of it has to do with feature updates, uh, things like that, which is going to be the same for everybody. Um, okay. So I, that's kind of how I approach it. But I, I would say, um, especially at the early stages, there's no way to successfully automate this. You are the best salesperson. You know, you're the, the creator of the product and, and you should be intimately involved with your first um, several customers. Sure. I mean, you don't actually know these people, but you go out of your way to research them and maybe, you know, get as much information as you can to put into that first email? Or do you yeah. already know them? Um, it depends. Sometimes I know them. Uh, the other is uh, if you, there's a lot of, back to that no code, there's a lot of free tools like Hunter is one of them. Um, uh -huh. They're, you know, they're, they're free for a certain amount. So if I know someone opened the email a lot, then I might go to their LinkedIn. I might, if they're a, um, a customer that has some sort of relatable, you know, website or something, I would go to their website and dig in a little bit and say, hey, it looks like you're having, you do this and this. Um, I've noticed the same problem and that's what I'm solving with my product. I'd love to have a, a, a conversation or you should come and log in. Um, and that's also part of why we are building the land and expand approach where I have a free tier, which is just like we see success in companies like LinkedIn where you can use the product, uh, you have access to all these great suite of tools and services. Um, and at some point in time, you might find value in upgrading. And I find that is really where a lot of my market is living. Uh, and so I wanted to, I, I wanted to provide that as a value add to my customers as well. Okay. So, well, do, do you know, usually with these sort of freemium models, there's like a, a target that needs to be reached before they convert. Do you have something like that in place? Yeah. So, I like mean, it's, number of it actions is... or number of I don't know certain steps that take place, and then you know that that's where they would convert. The it is too early to tell with this product. Okay. Um, we are continually. Um, tracking and iterating those steps and what it is that creates a conversion both to you know there's a big difference between doing our website getting my emails and actually signing up for the free version right. uh, so we are uh, we're tracking those right now it's 
at this point, it's mostly about what are our activities as far as touch points. So yeah. how are we engaging on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, emails, drip campaigns, opens, things like that until we start to see some conversions and then we can start to uh, backtrack and fill in those metrics based on those conversions. Sure. And uh, what would you say is your favorite marketing channel so far? For my market is LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay, got it. Well, uh, Theron, if you don't mind, we, uh, let's wrap up with the famous five. Sure. All right. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Right now, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> I have a lot. Sure. One of them uh, I've been actually referring to recently is uh, Sprint. Uh -huh. um, and, it's, and it's kind of the, the Google process of uh, iterating product. Um, sure. Another one is uh, the Lean Startup. As I mentioned earlier in our discussion, um, those are a couple I would say are, are kind of the the top of my list. Um, I Car I read Car quite a bit. Yeah, I mean I have probably four four books going right now okay. <laughs> at any given time, um, well, but just off the top of my head, yeah. Okay, got it. Well, I'm gonna go with the first one because it's the first one that came to mind. Okay. Great. All right. Uh, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I think not in specific. And this is a, this is a, it's more of a, I mean, for me, it's, it's more based around what's happening in the emerging manager industry. So these early VCs and the VC and seed investment landscape. Okay. So I can't, that's a so so no name in specific. Um, not really. I mean, it's more around the. I mean, for me, it's more around the general general partner and what's going on. I think some interesting investors are people like Charles Hudson. He's doing some great interesting work. Um, True Ventures is another one, where they um, are kind of the the originators of jumping into the seed round of funding. Um, right. They've kind of continued um, in that path. Right. Okay. Um, number three, what would you say is your favorite online tool for growing your business? The first thing I want to say is Airtable. Okay. Um, and, it, and it might not be what is expected, but it, Airtable helps me to manage, for example, those drip campaigns, um, the contacts, that I've reached out to, which the heart of my, um, anybody's product is really how you are staying in contact with your customers and the messaging that you're sending to them. So I use that as a, a tool on a daily basis. So you're only using it as a tool, there's no other like relationship with them? No. Okay, because I was looking at uh, SEO keywords and it's funny, your site appears for how to invest in Airtable and Airtable investors. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, number four, if you could give your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Invest more earlier. Invest more. All right. 
Um, and uh, I want to, I'd like to expand on that a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Please. <laughs> um, I started, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to be in, uh, have been in close proximity to these ecosystems right. and be helpful to a lot of startups. And I would have tried to take advisory equity mm -hmm. um, in exchange for the, the value add I bring and invest earlier. Uh, the, part of the reason is I, I love early stage companies and the reality is for them to do something meaningful it, it can take seven ten years something like that sure. so the early investments i've made as a limited partner and a fund i wish i would have done you know 10 15 years earlier um, because right. those things would uh, be maturing a lot further along today and do, do you see that that's the average seven to ten yeah, the for early stage, like a seed, uh, pre-seed kind of fund, you're looking at a seven, five, seven, or ten-year horizon. You could have some early wins or mergers, things like that, on the uh, earlier side. But for most companies, and especially anymore, the the horizon for an IPO is about eleven and a half years. Right. So if you're looking to make, you know, you made your initial investment, you got to count up quite a few years to see that um, amazing return. Absolutely. All right, and the final question is, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, how many hours of sleep do I get? I would say uh, eight, seven or eight. Okay, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm uh I'm asleep by nine thirty and I'm up by four thirty in the morning. Oh, wow. Okay. Is there a reason you like to wake up at four thirty? Yeah, it's that's the time for me to read, um, to focus on my day. I I find a lot of value when it's just quiet and there's no distractions. I don't have my phone next to me or my I don't open my laptop or anything like that. I just have uh, myself and. Um, some just really good focus time. I think it's important uh, and it's really helped me a lot um, to start out the day that way. Um, I also feel like I always have an advantage to everyone else when I'm up that early. Sure. Um, and just my, uh, my business as well. Absolutely. Well, Taryn, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope that, you know, a year from now we could have another call to see where Fifi has grown to. Great. I would love it. Um, thank you very much for the interview. I hope it was, it was helpful. It was very much so. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.